0: The following program is paid for by Channel Mom Media. The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom.
1: My name is Jenny, and I'm a mom. But I once lived a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I left TV to become a full-time mother, I quickly found out what we moms are up against. Our world glorifies the rich and famous. For what? I say let's honor the moms who are raising this world's next generation.
0: It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you.
1: Oh, yes, we are here for you. I hope you're not having a day. Like I I am. And I want to welcome uh, our Facebook Live audience as well as our 94.7 The Word audience and later our podcast audience. So grateful to have you on board. So grateful for all the faithful listeners that we have. Um, Folks like Lisa who tunes in regularly and I so appreciate her. Motherhood is so important and I feel like especially with media lately and all the fighting and all the yuckiness and and all the selling the stuff to the Russians um, that moms don't get enough of what they need. So today is for you. I I, want to call it an important show today because I feel like there's something for everybody. I will be shocked if not everybody out there gets something from the show today. We have a super special guest and I'm going to get to her in just a second, but first a couple of business items. Uh, Number one, listen to this question. Do you have a child who's frustrated because they're having to work too hard to learn You know that they're smart, but they're feeling like they're dumb. I don't really even like that term, but that's how they're feeling because they are feeling they're falling farther and farther behind academically. And and Pamela and Brianna, they're a mother and daughter team. They're at Connect Education, and they would love to share answers that they found when Brianna struggled. I know Brianna very well, and she had a time where she had to spell her name when she was about eight years old in dance class. Couldn't do it and walked out because she couldn't do it and her mom had to come or pick her up and she was crying and she said she couldn't spell it because she had this learning disability. She's now arguing for her master's I think next week. That's how far she's come and so I just hope you'll reach out to them if you know somebody who could use uh, some help with a learning disability. It's a free consultation the first time around dot com. I hope you'll check it out. Okay before we get to our interview I thought we should have a little levity, a little something fun. So let's go to the soundbite from the yodeling boy in Walmart.
0: Well, I, I I
1: okay, <laughs> he has gone crazy viral. Crazy viral. They've made a dance mix out of him yodeling. Just want you to know that. He's 10 years old. His name is Mason Ramsey. He sang in the aisle of a Walmart. You've probably seen it. I'm not probably the first person that has showed you that. But uh, I think it's good for Walmart. Good publicity for Walmart. Anyway, God bless him, man. I love it that it's just old-fashioned media, nothing that you can't share with your family, and it's going viral. So that's cool. Okay, so here's the thing about today. I would like to be somebody who could change everybody's life for the better. Everybody. Okay. I'd like to change lives of moms. Obviously, that's why we're Channel Mom. I'd like to change the lives of dads. I'd like to change the lives of children. I'd like to be able to help starving people. I'd like to be able to help people who are in prison. I'd like to be help, uh, be able to help people who have suffered injustice. I'd like to be able to help absolutely everybody, but I can't. I'd like to help my family more than I do, but I can't. I can barely help one person without having slightly selfish motives. Honestly. That's just the truth. And that is why I know that a faith in God and Jesus makes all the difference. And I know this is an uncomfortable topic for some of the folks who watch us who just aren't there. And and, and I'm always welcoming those folks because I'm here to love everybody. But uh, I know it's an uncomfortable topic. But I was thinking about it today. Um. There are people who avoid that thought, like that believing in Jesus is going to change your life and it's going to change you. It does, but I, there's, you know, there's another thesis out there that says we should believe in the universe or we should believe in a greater good or we should believe in whatever we've decided is sacred and we can worship that, whatever it is. Um, but, but I'm here to tell you that the only thing that makes me capable of helping other people and telling stories to help other people and being willing to forgive somebody who's truly hurt me. There's a still small voice whispering, you got to forgive them. you got to forgive them. And being willing to be someone who gives away money when I really don't want to. Because this voice says the same thing to me. You've got to give something away. You've got to give something away. These people need the money more than you do. I'm somebody who's more willing than I used to be to sacrifice my pride, my status, my level of comfort, all of that. I'm somebody who's able to do that now. Because of what Jesus has done for me. He died for everything I've ever done wrong. And it's changed everything for me. But but I know and, and I have this heart for, for people who aren't there. And I have a heart for the people who are there. And, and I'm hoping that both sides continue to listen to Channel Mom. Because I, in my life I've discovered that that's the only thing that has made the difference for me. And so that is why I decided to have this guest on today. It's, it's, it's not a typical interview. She's not famous. She's not an author. She's not an expert. But I thought this story is one that can change things for moms today. It could change things for children. It could change things for dads. So that's why I decided to have Autumn Sorrentino on with us today because she's got a story. I heard about her from a friend at Idrahaji and, uh, they, you know, told me a tiny bit of her story and gave her the permission to tell me the rest. And it's a life-changing story. So, so I want you to know that if you're a family or a mom who struggled with any kind of pain, and so that means everyone, thank you very much. Um, she's got a story that, that can, that everybody can identify with. OK, she comes from a single parenting situation. She comes from um, later uh, a, a new father, a blended family. She comes from parents fighting of crisis, of uh, suicidal thoughts in the family, of depression, of um, the police having to show. I mean, just a whole bunch of stuff and just about everybody can identify with the pain out there. So so let's start where the pain started. I just want to give people the background that you were born to a single mama. You got to live with your grandma and grandpa. And they were, I think you said deeply religious people. So you had exposure, a lot of exposure to church early on. But then everything changed. Things, life was kind of simple. You were, you were being raised in a nice little way because grandma and grandpa were helping your mom out and taking care of you when she went back to school and things like that. But then at some point, your mama got remarried, and things changed for you, and it was kind of a spiral downward for a while. So, so talk to us about that. Welcome to Channel Mom, Autumn.
2: Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so I think it all kind of started when my mom had my little sister with my stepfather. And um, i had always, you know, I call my stepfather my father because he has been that father figure in my life. And so, you know, I consider him my dad. And um, him and my mom had a baby together four years ago. and. After that, my mom was diagnosed with postpartum depression, and so it was really hard on us, you know, because first of all, we had like a newborn baby, and then, you know, my mom was going through all of that, and it wasn't really bad for the first six months or so, but as it continued to go on, it started to get worse and worse and worse, and eventually she was diagnosed with chronic depression because it wasn't postpartum anymore. It was too long after the baby was born to be considered that, and, um... It, I don't know. From there, it really tore apart our family.
1: Yeah, and you were you know, 12, 13 years old. And you began to tell me the story, and I thought, because you know, we were going to do a little five-minute piece on you, and I thought, no, 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 this needs to be a whole show because – Look, I mean, it's so hard to be real with social media and, and, and frankly, you know, I've been on a screen for a living and now I'm on a mic for a living and, and, and we are all putting on a show to a certain degree and we always want to make everything look pretty and like, my family's good, we're good and my house is good and my dress size is good and my car is good, like everything's okay. But but you have some trouble that I thought, you know, I think so many moms who are going through something will get hope from the end of Autumn's story. So, so tell me about those days when it was getting worse and worse. Your mom was in a depression. It was nightly fighting, nightly fighting. And I know a lot of couples out there struggle in that regard. And it was, like, constant, like, loud, scary things being thrown fighting. Tell me about that and how you were feeling shut in your bedroom.
2: Yeah, so they would fight, yeah, for – most nights of the week and it would be it started out just about like an hour every night of them yelling back and forth and so on and so forth but as it kept getting worse and my mom kept getting these worse mood swings and things like that it turned into upwards of three four hours a night five hours a night and it would be you know five six times a week and it got to the like I was always really afraid because I wanted to do something and I never could because it's not my place and it's not my job to tell them you know like I'm hearing both sides and I can't tell them like this person is right or this person is right or neither of you are right um and so I a lot of times just felt afraid because there was nothing that I could do to help and there was nothing that was obviously being done to make it better so um it was just this constant
1: and so you would lie in bed um and and listen to the nonstop stop fighting blaming yourself to a certain degree because you couldn't fix it For a parent out there who's hearing this and knows that either this you know something like this is going on in their own house or they know that their child is going through something like this, talk to me about where your head was at and and how desperate you were.
2: I would never say out loud that I would I was blaming myself, but it was definitely like a mindset. You know, like people would ask me like Do you blame yourself or things like that?" and I would immediately deny it. But it was more this idea, like. that I should be able to fix it. And because they would fight a lot about how to raise me, especially because like I was a teenager and that's understandable that they would have differing opinions on how to raise a teenager. Um, I thought that it was my fault and that it would be better, you know, if like maybe I wasn't here or, you know, if I wasn't such a burden or if only I could make things better for them. And so I definitely started to blame myself for a lot of it. Um,
1: yeah. And you would lie in bed. You did, you got a certain degree of self-hatred tell me how that manifested
2: for sure it uh, it started out with me blaming myself and then once i started to do that i blamed myself for everything i could it would be every little thing that would go wrong i would find a way to turn it back on me and so i started to point out every single flaw in myself rather than looking at myself for who i actually was i looked at myself for every single bad part of me and i realized that that's a lot (laughs) because i'm not a perfect person and there's a lot more that's wrong with me than what's good with me um
1: yeah for all of us yeah (laughs) and but but you did something with your mirrors in your room that i found shocking
2: yeah I, i i got to the point where like i wouldn't even look at the mirrors in my room um i you know would cover them up or like i would look away from them i would do everything to kind of like avoid them or i would do the complete opposite and i would like try to make myself look like as pretty as possible or you know things like that and
1: try to cake it yeah you said you came to a point where you were covering up your mirrors. There was a, a climactic um, crisis in all of this, and you told me about it. I don't know how much you're willing to say on the radio, but I just want people to know how bad it can get, but then how redemption can step in. So so you got to the worst day for your mom, for you, for your stepdad, the worst day. Tell me about that.
2: So there was a lot of times when my parents would fight, and, you know, it would get really – really loud. And every now and then, um, you know, the police would be called. I can remember five times specifically where I could at least like hear them. And then I had personal interactions with them at least twice or three times. Um, one of those nights I was, it was like one in the morning or so on a Thursday. And I remember it really specifically because it really freaked me out. And, um, I was, you know, you can't really sleep through those things just because it's so loud and it's constant and it's fear. Um, so my dad, came into my room one night and he was like I need you to wake up um your mother is having an episode and so um I got out of bed and I you know went downstairs to see what was going on and my mom was she was in a really really bad spot and i didn't know what to do and so I told my dad to call the police but not not to come downstairs because she was not in the right mindset to even look at him because if she did I wasn't sure what she was going to do and
1: to herself again I'm not gonna make you tell more than you want to now I'm gonna mind you I want the audience to know you were 13 years old your stepdad called you in to kind of try to fix the situation I'm only gonna say your mom was in the fetal position and she did not want to live anymore Mm -hmm. so so you as a 13 year old you had to talk her down from that, or tell me about that.
2: Um, I tried to basically say, like, you know, I, I'm I'm, sorry. Like, you know, I don't know what to say. And that's what I kept saying over and over to her was, like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what you want me to say. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Um,
1: How, last thing, and then we have to go to commercial. How did you talk herself out of hurting herself or killing herself?
2: Um, I waited until the police came, honestly. Um, so you just
1: sat by her because you thought if you were there, she wouldn't kill herself. Exactly. Wow can't imagine that moment for a 13 year old does it feel horrific to remember it
2: it's i mean it's not as bad as it used to be i can you know talk about it a little bit more now but it's definitely still like scary to remember and think about that we were in that place because it's it feels almost surreal because things have changed so much since then
1: yeah yeah Anyway, I just this is one of the reasons I brought her on, because there was depression, there was suicide, there was family fighting, there was potential divorce. Um, there was a teenager who wasn't sure she wanted to live. And, and I thought, gosh, there are so many people in one way or another in our audience that are going to identify with this. There's a happy end. Um, I'm going to tell you about that after the break. But uh, it's Autumn Sorrentino that we have on today with us. And she's got an incredible story. The reason I had her on Is not because she's an author or an expert or a famous person, but because she's got a story with the kind of ending that I think can give every family out there hope. We'll be right back with Channel Mom. because, frankly, you're worth it. We know you work hard for your family, so we work hard for you. I'm thrilled to tell you about a new way we're going to boost your mom game and your life. We're taking our show live on 94.7 The Word on Fridays at 1 p.m. and giving real moms a voice on the radio and taking your calls. Plus, we'll be sharing our new programming at Channel Mom Coffees across the nation where you can find fellowship, spiritual support, and help for the issues you face. Find out more at ChannelMom.com and at Channel Mom on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
0: It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean-Schmidt. We're here for you.
1: Hey, it's Jenny. Welcome back to Channel Mom. I was actually going to play a song for you. I don't think I'm going to do it. It's too depressing. But I, 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 I had my daughter kind of show me some modern music. And <laughs> I sound like an old fogey when I say stuff like that. Anyway, there's a song called Broken out there by Lund. And there are a number of songs that kind of express what autumn was going through and I thought I think there are a lot of teenagers in this place and I kind of blame the screenager problem that we're in the screen age and that it's just such a depressing place for kids to constantly be interacting with screens and not people and so there are a lot of depressed upset family crisis um, teenagers out there things are not going well I mean why do you think we have all the school shootings things are not going well and, and we can't wake up to that. It's not just about this political issue or that political issue. There's stuff going on in the family, and and so I get I get all excited when I start talking about that. But let me let me go back to a place that can help your family. It's the Littleton Life Center, and, and they do so many cool things there. I mean, not only do they have a shelter and a food bank and a, a lot of ways to help single moms, um, they they also will get you your GED. They'll help you get. They won't take the classes for you, but they can help you get a GED. Their GED classes cover all four GED subject units: language arts, social studies, math, and science. Instruction available in both English and Spanish in their small class sizes, and they can help you focus and receive the individualized attention that you need to succeed. So classes begin in the spring. I think they're just now starting up. You can finish your GED and achieve your goals. Find out more about classes and their other services uh, and volunteer opportunities as well at their website, LifeCenterLittleton.org, and we love them. They're one of our sponsors. We're so grateful for them, and they do really good work to help moms and kids and dads and families in the community. And so I'm so grateful for them. Okay, so we're back with this story um, of Autumn Sorrentino. And... and you know, it's a little bit of a risk to say, "Hey, I'm just gonna kind of have a kid on the show today, and she's just <laughs> gonna tell her story." I mean, there's no like book attached to it. There's no famous face attached to it. There's there's no sort of parenting rules or lessons attached to it. It's just her story. But I thought it was such a powerful story. I thought, mm, I think I just want to use the whole show to share it. So so here we go. We're gonna get to the end. But first, I just want you to remind folks the place you and your mother in particular. And mind you, there's some baggage there. I mean, she was a single parent. She gave birth to you. How old was she when she gave birth to you? Nineteen. Nineteen. So so I'm not condemning any teenage mom or any single mom at all totally admire so many single moms out there and single dads but you had some baggage you, you had a dad who, who wasn't a dad the, the first one um, and now you had a stepdad and now there's a blended family and now you have a sister to compete with and and she's cute and little and you're a teenager and everybody's fighting about how to raise you so so you had a time the police had to come your mom wanted to kill herself it was bad you weren't feeling good so tell just kind of review for us where you were in your head in that time Um, I would
2: have, like, anxiety attacks or panic attacks a lot um, where, you know, my thoughts would just spiral, and I just kept thinking about, you know, all the things that were wrong with me, and um, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, and, you know, um, I didn't feel good about myself about anything anymore, and I got to the point where, like, you know, I thought that divorce was not only the best answer, but, like, the only answer, um, anymore for there to be true happiness. And, you know, the only person that really was advocating for there not to be a divorce was my mom because she had been taught, you know, um, through the Bible that, like, you know, you can get through these things and things like that. But, like, I was so convinced because I've been praying for so long. I mean, this whole thing had been going on for upwards of, like, three and a half years. And so I had just figured God maybe forgot about us or maybe his answer was no. Um, mm and cuz he doesn't leave an answer unprayered or un- <laughs> a prayer unanswered. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And sometimes the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Um there's usually good in it for us, but sometimes the answer is no. So, um you 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 were at your wits end. I mean, did you I, I don't I don't know that you were you suicidal? Um yes. Yeah. Um so, luckily I didn't do
2: anything to like act on it or anything like that, but my mom was partially hospitalized because she did.
1: Yeah. Okay. So your mom was suicidal and tried, you were suicidal and didn't get there, your family was a mess, what happened? What changed? Well, I think one of the biggest
2: changes was um, actually when I went to Camp Idaraji this last summer. um, They have like, I've noticed, they have phenomenal timing (laughs) with their um, like themes of the week and so this last one. Um, was, you know, about like rooting yourself in Christ and things like that. And um, one of the messages that our, that week's pastor had told us that really, really stuck out to me um, was seeing yourself how Christ sees you, not how anybody else sees you or not how I see myself or anything like that. Look at how Christ sees you. And it totally changed everything, at least in my mind, um, like the way I saw myself and my situation and everything because. Whereas, you know, I was kind of putting the blame on my parents for having this whole thing happen in the first place or like, you know, I was putting the blame on myself because I thought it was, you know, me that was causing the issues. But instead, I realized that's not true. And what I've been telling myself are lies. And they were very specifically placed in my life. Um, as to what was going on, because the devil is really sneaky and he's really smart and he mm-hmm. knows just where to, to attack and when. Mm-hmm. And so I'd been feeding myself these things for so long that I took so, it as truth.
1: Sure. So so tell me the lies. You, you said you went to Camp Idrahaji at just the right time and they had a lesson for you. And, and the lesson is, is so huge. And when you said it to me, I got tears in my eyes because I thought that changes everything. And I wish every child in America, in the world, frankly, could get that lesson. So you went in with typical teenage baggage. So so tell me the, the words that you were saying to yourself when you went in and then how you came out after you got this lesson at Camp Rider Haji.
2: Um, Before I went in, just kind of like, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm never gonna be good enough, Um, it's my fault, I'm, and then like, you know, the typical teenager stuff, like, you know, I'm not pretty, I'm not smart, I'm not talented, like all of those general insecurities, um, being blended with the things from home, Um, just running over and over in my head like a broken tape.
1: Yeah, and you thought maybe your family was never gonna get fixed.
2: Right, yeah, I was almost convinced that it wasn't going to happen.
1: Okay. So you gave gave me such beautiful language about something that got tweaked. Um, And obviously I'm a believer in camp. I'm a believer in church. I'm a believer in anything that can bring you closer to God. But you specifically went to camp by Drahaji when they had a particular message. So so tell me the transition that happened in your brain and how you came out feeling.
2: Um, Yeah, the transition was, it was like, the way that they explained it was um, Christ died for me. And, you know, you hear that in church all the time. And, you know, it's great and it's exciting, but like, it's not something that's really easy to understand. And so the way they explained it to me was like, you know, when you die, uh, or sorry, when Christ died, um, it almost puts a veil over you from the way God sees you because perfection and imperfection don't mix, they don't meld. Um, But he covers you in his perfect grace. And so I am perfect to the Lord. And at the end of the day, that's the only approval that I should be seeking, and it's the only approval that I need mm-hmm. and That changed everything when I realized that because I no longer needed to focus on my imperfections. I no longer needed to look for other people f- to tell me that I'm you know the best person in the world um, because I knew that Christ already thought that of me, and it was a beautiful understanding
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, so I came out of camp, you know still having those thoughts every now and then come up in my head because it's really hard to get rid of them once they're stuck for so long um but i came out of camp finally thinking for the first time like um no matter what happens christ has got it and he's he's doing this for a reason and i knew that to start with but it was instead um whatever like i know that i'm accepted no matter what and you know whether they divorce or if they get better or whatever happens like it's I am perfect, you know, and not in the physical way or anything like that, but, like, in God's eyes, and that's the only eyes that matter.
1: Uh, we only have a minute 30 left, but but has it changed the way you live, coming out of there with that message – you're literally a new creature, and so has it changed your whole family dynamic? Are things fixed much more than they used to be?
2: Absolutely. My mom actually, in the last eight months, um, found out that her depression was being caused by her birth control, and so it took, like, years of us trying to figure out what was going on, and since then, it's, it's miraculous. I mean, I like I said, I genuinely thought it was never going to get better, and I was proven wrong. Mm-hmm
1: and you feel much better about yourself and your family.
2: Oh, absolutely, and I think they all feel better too, and we talk about it all the time, about how thankful we are for getting that chance to renew our family relationships with one another and we're finally healing.
1: God can redeem anything. And, and I'm grateful that you got to go to Camp Hydrahaji when you did. And, and, and I love, they, they're a couple miles from my house, so I've got a soft place in my heart for Camp Hydrahaji. So I'm glad they told me about your story. I'm glad that we can tell people that that's a place that they can reach out to if they have a child who's suffer, hurting, suffering like you. Um, we can tell you more about how to get hold of Camp Hydrahaji later, but you can you look on camphydrahaji.org. Um, grateful to them. Grateful to you. Love your story. It can give hope to so many people that anything can be redeemed, anything can be fixed. God bless you and your family. Thanks for coming on Channel Mom Autumn. God bless you, Mom. Thanks for all you do to raise that next generation. We rely on you. Have a good weekend.
0: But Channel Mom aims to stop the family breakdown, starting with the moms. We depend on our donors to help us, to put this show on the air, and to do outreach for mothers on the ground, supporting them in their parenting, marriages, addiction issues, and more. So become a Channel Mom partner today and be a part of the change you want to see for mothers and families. Just go to ChannelMom.com and click on Give to CM, and you'll see our Donate button there. From the moms at Channel Mom, thank you, and may God bless each mom and her family.